Thank you all. Thank you, thank you. Uh, nervous wreck is to be, you know, that's a light term for where I'm at right now today. So uh, just I appreciate you all bearing with me. I've, I've known most everybody here for a long, long time. So, you know, that helps a, that helps a whole lot. I've, I got asked to preach out in uh, Oklahoma, Ardmore, Oklahoma, I believe it was. And uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I worked and worked and worked on it. And I finally just decided I didn't know what I was going to do. And uh, I stood up there, and, and, uh, and my lesson was about not being prepared. And it worked out really good. It scared the, <laughs> scared the eldership there half to death. Uh, I had most of them ready to jump up and come up and save me during that time. So, so I've been doing it. I've, I've preached for about 15 years, roughly, somewhere around in there over at Carrizozo. And so I've got a little experience under my belt. But when we moved up here, we were broke, and we were healing. And... Uh, Thank you all for not asking me to preach then. <laughs> thank you, thank you very much. But it's good to be here. Good to be standing here. Uh, just, I appreciate John asking me to do this. When he asked me to, to, uh, to come and talk to you, uh, he had already covered everything. And uh, I really seriously thought about just playing his CD this morning, and I thought I'd, I'd be okay. What's our mission here at Gateway? Say it with me. Our mission is to draw closer to Christ and to help others draw closer to Christ. And this L stands for love, love. I'm already way out of my notes, so we're, we're really going to have a good time here, I guess, this morning. But love is what, is what we're going to be looking at. And it's love in process, love in process. Our mission is to draw closer to Christ, and that's what we want to do. And I just want to start... After all of this, just let's go to our Father. I need, I need him. I need some help here. Father, we thank you for the day. I thank you so much that uh, you have blessed us so richly with a family like Gateway. I thank you for the leadership here. Uh, I, just, I thank you for Joe and Rex and Carl and Kim and Dennis and Wyatt. And I thank you, Father, for the example of love that they, that they give us, that they bring to us each and every, every day. Uh, Father, you put those men in, in place there, and I see love in their lives. And I see love in John's life, and in J.E.'s, and in Margo's, and, and just the leadership here, Father, just, it, it just pours love out upon all those that, that come here. Thank you, Father, for the blessing of knowing that you are here with us today. And Jesus, I just see you here in this crowd and uh, I see a big grin on your face because your happy people are here to talk about love because that's what your life is. And God, that's what you gave Jesus to give to us. And I thank you for that. I thank you, Father, that, that you just bless this body of Christians so richly because of that. I know people, I've talked to a lot of people. I've talked to people that are here full-time. I've talked with people that have been here one time. I've talked to people that come here and visit on a regular basis because they feel loved. And I thank you for that. And I echo that with my own life. I feel loved here, Father. I feel loved by you. I feel loved by Jesus and by all of the leaders and all of the members of this body. I thank you for that, Father. It's a, it's a gift that there are a lot of people don't get to enjoy. They just don't get to have. And Father, I lift up everybody that's here today, and I ask that, that uh, 
your spirit will just pour and flow through the hearts of everybody that's here. We have people from all walks of life right now that are here. We have people that are overflowing with love and joy and happiness, and they're ready to go. And they're saying, yeah, let's get after this. And we have, from that standpoint, we have all the way over to the other side where people are going, I know what love is, but I have no idea how to accept that type of love for me. It's just hard for them to see that, to feel it, to know it, to, to, to grasp it, to get hold of it. And I ask, Father, that you, your spirit will just, flow through, will just flow through all of the hearts that are here and that we can almost even this all out so that, that people who have abundance of love will be sending that to those who have a lack of love. And Father, I just ask your blessing upon this day and upon these words, and I ask that you will be the one doing the speaking and not me. And it's in your son's blessed name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, we need to turn over to 1 John chapter 2. That's where our, our uh, scripture will be coming out of. 1 John chapter 2 and starting in verse 7. Talking about love. Love is just, it is just hard. To just say, okay, here's, here's, the, uh, here's the description of it. I thought John, when he printed these all up for the devotional or the, the small group time, would have a great definition on there and say, this is it. But he, he didn't get it either. So <laughs> it's, a, it's hard. Look it up in the dictionary. Put it on the internet. You know, just pull, just start looking for love. What are you, what are you going to, what, how are you going to do it? What are you going to say? And so, you know, it's, I get to do this. I went to college. I, I actually got to go one year to Lubbock Christian College, 1976 to 77, and I got so tired of going to chapel because guess what they were going to talk about? Love. Day after day. Chapel's every day. So this went on five days a week, week after week after week. And I mean, it got to where I was going, why go? We know what they're going to say. And, and it just kept on and kept on and kept on. And then I pledged club. I pledged Quantania. Boy, that's, that's sad. <laughs> oh, goodness, goodness. Well, I was in Quantadilla, and uh, they, they did have some sayings about how, how little uh, uppity we were, but I don't agree with that at all. But Pledge Week was, was something that I didn't understand either, and, and uh, clubs do humiliating things to people to get their attention and draw them together. And Quantania didn't do the humiliating things at that time. They worked our tails off. Uh, I had not run one step in about three years in my life. I spent two years on crutches after an accident, went to college, and pledged a club where they decide athletics is what's great. And, uh, and so I learned to run that week again. And I was in the back of the pack. And, and so... We went through several days, and the guys finally set us down, and they, uh, and they said, you guys aren't getting this. You're a little thick-headed. It's about coming together and loving each other and being one. And after that, we did really good. We took Cup of Knowledge. We took all the athletic things. We won the Master Follies deal. Anything that could be won on campus, we won it. Quantania did. It was, it was amazing to see the strength and the way that love can draw people together. So let's read what John has to say. We're going we're gonna to be bouncing around a little bit, going some different directions. I ask that, that you just let the Spirit of God flow through your mind 
And as it's opened up, just let, let that spirit land in there and bring this idea of love to you. Beloved, I'm not writing a new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you've had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you have heard. On the other hand, I am writing a new commandment to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light's already shining. The one who says he is in the light and yet hates his brother is in the darkness until now. The one who loves his brother abides in the light, and there is no cause for stumbling in him. But the one who hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Verse 8, well, he starts out, if you, just, if you just rumble through those, I started reading King James Version. That's what I grew up on. And I can remember reading these verses like this and just going, oh, my goodness. How am I going to understand this? And even this, this is a uh, oh, new, new American Standard or new, yeah, new American Standard version. It, it still gets you mixed up. I'm writing to you a new one, but no, it's not a new one. It's an old one, but it's an old one, but it's a new one, and back and forth and back and forth. Take the Old Testament, Ten Commandments, look at those. First three belong to God. First, first four, first four belong to God. The other six belong to people. It's an old, old commandment, old word. It's old written. Christ, we come over into the New Testament, we have a new time, and Christ says, basically, I'm going to sum these things up. You love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, everything you have, and you love your brother as yourself. It's old, but it's new. It comes back, comes back into play here. And so, on the other hand, it is a new commandment. And then he starts talking about light. And this light's already shining. John covered that really good last week, I think, on, on light and fellowship and, and, and all in there. But it's, it's just amazing in my mind how little light it takes to make something bright. And I don't know how many of you like to go in caves or tunnels. I love it. I, I, could, I could be a, a mole or something real easy. I could, I could just go underground and, and uh, just give me a tunnel to go in in a little while and I wind up spending six, eight hours in there and don't even know it. And, uh, but it's fun to get in the back with a group of people. I've, I've taken lots of young people, lots of older people into this tunnel that I've got access to. And you go back in there about 700 feet and twists and turns and things like that. And you turn out all the lights and people don't like it. It is dark like you don't have darkness anywhere. You can literally hit your nose, moving your hand to your face and not see it. It is, it is just as dark as can be. But all it takes, and the, the, when they came out with LEDs, it was, it's a lot of fun there. You just get one of those little LED lights on your key ring, you know, the smallest of the LEDs, and you just push that button, and it's just, it's like you turned on every street light in the world. And you're going, you can see everything. You can, you can just see. It just takes so little light to get that that going, and that's what the true light is that John's talking about here, and we'll tie this in with the old and with the new. Uh, and then he takes us over into darkness, and he says, one who hates his brothers in the darkness, and then this is old and yet new still, and one who loves his brother is in the light. And so I've preached a lot on these verses years ago, through the years. I've preached, I've taught, I've heard, I've listened to lessons. And all the time, I used to just use this book to say, if you did more, you'd be better. You know? You'd just be better. If you would love more, 
you would just be better. You'll be You'll be closer to Christ. You'll be closer to God. You have to love more. You have to do more, 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 more. And, it, and it's like you, you throw this thing of guilt out there on people. Because we have people sitting here today that struggle with, I love you. Just saying, I love you to somebody, and it's like, prove it. We have people here today struggling with that. And so when I preach and I say, you got to love more, love more, love more, guess how they go home? They go home and they feel so much guilt. It's like, why should I even come back? I can't do this. I can't, I don't pick this up. I don't grab it. I've missed it. It's gone. It's not here with me. I want to love. And these aren't, these aren't little kids. These are adults that have struggled with this all their life. And I know there are young people here today who are struggling with this right now. They've had parents one or both, that didn't show them love. And so they don't know what this love is like, how to accept, how to bring that love into their life. And so how do you define this? And so John says, look at love and look at light. Look at hate and look at darkness. And it's, uh, it's just become apparent to me through the years as I, I sat and I've sang songs good night since I was I guess probably in mother's womb I was probably singing from the way things were and this uh, song that, that Brian picked out today uh, oh it's it is, a, it is a song that's in my heart that I love this song I, I would sing this song all the time and uh Oh, it's just, it's amazing to see it and to hear it. And all the years I'm sitting there singing this song, I'm, I'm feeling guilty because I don't get it. And so you go, you go, you struggle back and forth and back and forth with, is love a noun or is love a verb? How do I define this? Well, the song says it's, it can be a feeling. But the song also says we wrap our arms around each other. We hold each other up. It's a doing. Well, hate's the same way. Hate's a noun, hate's a verb. And the opposite of love is hate. That's obvious. You can, you can pick that up anywhere. The opposite of hate is love. And so we use the word love in a, in a lot of different ways. And uh, we love God. We love Jesus. We love people. We love animals. We love cars. We love clouds. We love rain. We love snow. We love dirt. We love flowers. We love compost. Twyla, Twyla has always said, if, if I get in front of people, I'm going to talk about compost. And it took me a while to figure this one out, but I got it. I got it in there. And <laughs> so, so, you know, we love these things. We love the pews we have, the carpet we have, the, the, the heat we have in here. It feels really hot in here right now for some reason. <laughs> I could use an air conditioner right about now. We love, we use this term and we say it a lot. We love, we love, we love, the list goes on. Well, anybody ever thought about how to define, how to talk about hate? Because John mentions it right here. How do we define hate? I have yet to hear a sermon about this is what hate is. I don't know of anybody that walks around going, I don't understand it. I just don't get it. We don't have a list of hates. But yet, it's the exact same thing as love. And I see this as a definite deal from Satan. 
Satan stepping in and saying, you can't understand love. You're not good enough to understand love. Just like he did Adam and Eve in the, in the garden. You guys want, you think you're really smart. Well, Christ, God, if, if he just let you eat of that apple over there, that fruit of knowledge, you'd be just like God. Well, that got us where we're at today. And so he keeps hate away from us. We don't have to define hate. We don't have to, to do anything with it. We know what that is. We all have pictures in our hearts and our minds and, and experiences of love and of hate. We have them in here. They're right here with us. They, we carry them with us. I carry a bunch of pictures of, of kids and, and Twyla and, and grandkids. You know, those are pictures of love for me right there. I look at you all and I see a picture of love. I see these things. I feel them. We also have the same thing for hate. We know people we don't want to be around. We just got a, there's a list of them. I've got, I've got one guy, I will tell you, I have struggled with him and the way he's treated me and my family to, the, to so much so that I believe at some point in time, God is going to let him walk through these doors and come in somewhere where I'm at and say, I'm a Christian. And I'm going to, I'm going to have to deal with that. I have trouble picturing myself coming down and giving him a hug and saying, welcome, brother, because he's hurt me bad. Bad, bad, bad. He's hurt my family bad. He's threatened to kill me on numerous occasions and made no bones about it. You know, things like that. Now, I've outlived several of them that have made those threats, thank goodness. <laughs> but this one is lingering around. And, and I, I've not seen him in years, nothing like that. But he is still, he's up here. And so we have pictures. We have these thoughts. We have this, this in our mind. And so John boils it down, love and hate, the two words, light and darkness. Light is, means to illuminate, and darkness means the absence of light. Just, it's really, those are really simple words. Now we've got something we can do. If I ask that the lights be turned off in this building, it would be, or in this auditorium, it'd be almost instantaneous. They just, it'd be dark. And you turn them back on, and the darkness is gone. Okay, that's pretty simple. There you have it. Love and process. Amen. Let's go home. Not so fast. <laughs> not so fast. You know, it, it's not that simple. But yet John's saying, look at it. Look at light. Look at darkness. And so I'm trying desperately to, to, to make some sense out of all of this. But if, if you ask, is love a feeling or is love an action, how would you answer it? I'd answer yes. I'd just say yes. Yes, it is. It is. We're not born loving. Uh, I had the pleasure of working there at Carrizozo as a teenager and setting up and working with a bus ministry. And uh, one of the first ones in the state of New Mexico that was just, it was fabulous. We used to bring almost 200 kids in on VBS there in Carrizozo. I don't know if any of you drove through Carrizozo, but try to picture that today. You know, it doesn't happen. Uh, when I was growing up there, a house became vacant, and then it got somebody in it. Then it became vacant, and, and it lacked a little longer. And then it became vacant, and they tore it down, you know, type thing. And so Carrizozo shrunk quite a bit. But I remember the days. And we didn't have an age limit when we started out on there. And so we took kids pretty young. We didn't mind them having diapers and bringing them into the building. And, you know, somebody took, we all took care of them. But I learned, watching these kids, that there are kids in the world and it's not just what I would say 
kids across the tracks, that's what we always use the term there at Carrizozo. It was kids that had affluent parents who you thought, they don't have any reason to be worrying about anything. And they don't know how to love. They don't know anything about it. They're being raised up in a vacuum of lack of love. And we started trying to teach them this. And so we first, when we were working with this, all we knew to do is just love them. You just wrap your arms around them and you hug them and you, and you tell them, I love you. And you welcome them back. And you, and you get excited about little things that they do. I was out at the shooting range yesterday and this little boy was stacking brass up inside of itself and he found an old earplug and he was jamming it in there and he was so excited to have done something like this. And, and it's showing excitement with that child. And, and just, I love you in this way. And so you, you teach somebody how to love. I've always, through the years, I was a youth minister for a while too, and you, you hear the terms, I've fallen in love, and I'd say, oh, no, you fall off ladders. You know, you learn to love. And, uh, and, it, and it, as I've grown older, it's so true. And so I've learned you even have to teach older people how to love because there are people that just don't know. To learn to love, we need to look at Jesus. We need to read about him. We need to study him. We need to see how he handled the, handled the woman at the well. So, are you married? You know, that's an awkward moment. <laughs> are you married? And, and you can just see her going, well, she didn't know Jesus. She didn't know he was going to say, that's true. She told him the truth. Not right now. No, I'm not. And he says, you answered well. And he didn't just push her aside. You know, why are you here at this well? Why are you asking me? If you knew who I was, you wouldn't ask me to give you any water. Nobody else would. Everybody else says, just stay away. Just, just get back. You know, stay away from my man. Is what I've heard that through the years from men who've been and women who've been caught in adultery. The women have a way of just saying, stay away from my man. And the men have a way of doing the same thing. Stay away from my wife if you're an adulterer. But that's not what Christ did. We need to look at these things. We need to look at how Christ handled Peter uh, when he denied him three times. You know, Christ didn't throw him under the bus. How did Christ handle Pilate when he stood before him and, and Pilate saying, you need to respond to all these things? Christ didn't say, hey, you'll get yours in the end. He didn't, he didn't do anything like that. When he hung on the cross and the people were mocking him, he didn't, he didn't turn and have lightning come down and just burn these guys up for what they did. He didn't do any of these things. You see, Jesus is love, and there's no hate in him. Jesus is light. There's no darkness in him. It's the, it's the, it's the same thing. He is the light of the world. His love is always in process. So love is action, right? Right? But what do I do with these feelings? When you're sitting on a porch at Cleston and Janie Pritchett's house and this redhead in brown velour sitting across from you and you can't get up from the table because you're just focused on her and Cleston's over here talking about mining and you're going, it's okay, Cleston, I want to talk to her. And you have these feelings inside and you go and you leave and you can't get her out of your mind and you can't, you know. When a little blue baby girl was handed to me, I had some feelings inside. Little, little pink boy was handed to me. He had a baseball head. I had some feelings inside. And then you, you come back, and for so many years, I was taught, 
You can't, you can't have feelings. You can't trust these feelings. Feelings aren't right. Feelings, we can't explain feelings. We can't, we can't grab hold of feelings. And so if you can't grab hold of them and, and look at it, you shouldn't ought to be messing with feelings because they're not stable and solid. Well, I'll agree with that 100%. They are not stable and solid. But when you have something like that for another individual, <laughs> that's not from Satan. Not from him. It's from God. Every good and perfect gift comes from above. It doesn't come from Satan. He's not going to do anything to help us love each other more. He wants that switch turned off. He wants the darkness to reign. He wants, wants us to be in darkness so long that when we turn the light on, we go, oh, man, we close our eyes, and then we, we stumble around, and, and that's when he can come in, and he can just smack us, and he can hit us, and he can pull us down. He doesn't want us seeing the light. I even started noticing that when uh, somebody tripped and fell, I would get this tingling inside. I didn't know how to explain that. But after talking to a lot of mothers, I understand they say that's a motherly trait, that a mother hurts when their children are, are hurt, or that when their loved ones are hurt. Well, guess what? Guys have it too. We need to acknowledge it, guys. It's there. It's real. It's, it's a feeling inside of us. And all of these things lead us on into more and more love. I'm learning uh, love just like hate starts with a feeling. And it just keeps growing. We know that God gets angry, but he doesn't hate. We saw Jesus get angry, cleanse the temple. He didn't hate. But what do we do? You know, we've heard some pretty strong words up here this morning, but I'll guarantee you, and I've forgotten my brother's name, he does not hate. He loves. He's a warrior. I'm a warrior is the way I look at things. I know a lot of men around here that are warriors, and it's hard for a warrior to, to, to just let love flow out, but love does come out. But we want things to be right. We want them right, and we want them right right now. But when we look at Jesus, we see Jesus saying, just love them. Just keep loving them, keep loving them, keep loving them, keep loving them, and keep loving them. Because as we reap, so shall we sow. And if we reap hate or ugliness for a long time, we have to go through some spells there while that plant grows to let it, let it go ahead and, and bring its fruit about. And then we can see what love does for us from there. We read over in John chapter 21, verse 12 through 19. This is pretty funny. John read that. John wrote it. I keep referring to 1 John and talking about preacher John. So if you all aren't mixed up on John's yet, you will be shortly. So, but why, why would we read out, why do I have that verse read? The only, it mentions love in there. Do you love me? Peter, do you love me? Feed my sheep. Well, you go back in Peter's life. And you see that, that Peter had denied Christ, denied him three times. And he stood around the fire, and he denied him. And he stood around where people were gathered, and he denied him. And so then we have Christ come in, and he says, hey, you guys, how's the fishing? Not very good. Throw the net on the other side. Full net, bring it in. He, they get in there. He has a fire going, cooks a little fish up, says, come on over here and eat with me. And so they do, and so... 
here's Jesus and Peter and the other guys standing around there. And, the, and can you picture Peter looking at Jesus at this time and going, well, that was a bad time, but, you know, I made it through it. I, I just don't see that. I just see Peter being a broken man and just ashamed at what he's done. And here is Christ now standing before him around a fire again with more people around him. And then he says, Peter, do you love me? Oh, man, the challenge right there. Do you love me? Is this an action? Or is it a feeling? Jesus takes Peter back in time, involves feelings, to the times when he stood around and said, I, I don't know who that is. Jesus takes him back to those and lets him realize them, brings him back into the, future, into the present with the fire and with the, with the food and being around others and says, do you love me? And Peter says, you know I do. And so he, he did this three times, and he says, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. I'd be feeling shame and guilt and remorse, and, and Jesus, Jesus just moves him back and forth in this, in this area and, just, and brings forgiveness into his life. As we see Jesus standing there with Peter, we don't see Jesus saying, well, I, you know, I told you so. You were going to do it, and you still did it. I told you. Or the other apostles around or disciples around saying, well, he was the bad guy. We don't see any of this condemnation. We see Jesus wrapping his arms around him. In today's world, we probably would have said, well, you need to sit out for about six months. We'll see how strong you really are. Jesus says, no, come. Come on, follow me. Follow me and feed my sheep. It's saying, here's where you were, and here's where you are, and here's where you can be. And he brings us into... 1 John, and he then writes in, in chapter 2 and verses 12 through 14, he says, I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven for his name's sake. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who's been from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I've written to you, children, because you know the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you know him who has been from the beginning. I've written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God abides in you. And you have overcome the evil one. Oh, goodness. We got young and old and children. Our children, a lot of them aren't sitting right here with us right now, are they? They're back here in these rooms with Christian brothers and sisters learning about Jesus Christ and love. And we've got young men sitting in this room. And I like to consider myself there. So <laughs> we're full of just fight and vigor, and we're ready to go. Let's run. Let's get. Let's go. Let's do this thing. Let's get after this. We can teach these people. We know what to do. And then you have the apostles, and they're, they're pretty old at this time. Some of them aren't even here anymore, but they're pretty old. And they're saying, go, guys. Go. You can do this. What do you need? What kind of help do you need? We'll get behind you. You go. And that's what Christ is laying out with Peter. That's what John is saying we need to be doing in the same way. And he says it's all about love and light. And then he finishes up this little section we're, we're working in with 15, 16, and 17. Do not love the world, nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life, is not from the Father, but it's from the world. And the world is passing away, and also it's lust. But the one who does the will of God abides forever. When we get hot, we try to snuggle up next to an air conditioner, 
put on short sleeve shirts, things like that. When we get cold, we like to snuggle up next to a heater and just absorb the heat. We go to the source of what we're looking for. But when it comes to love, so many times we turn to the world and we say, what do you have to offer, offer us? What do you have to offer? And the world has a lot to offer to us. Satan has seen to that. He knows what we need to look at in the way of the world. The, the love of the world will take us right into darkness. And that's what John's warning us about in these verses. Light and dark. Stay away from that love of the world. Uh, and we have to be careful here because you realize somebody that's not given their life to the Lord and called upon him as their Lord and Savior can love. You know, I know that's not a newsflash, but we have to pay attention to that. We have to watch for that. And we have to check ourselves for that because if we're in the darkness, we can still love. We still love things or love people. I, I did, my, my cousin's, my, my uncle, he's a, he was a, an uncle of mine. I did his funeral and my cousin's kids just were kind of lost. And my cousin came to me and said, would you tell him about death? And I'm going, what? You're older than I am. And you haven't taught these kids about death. That's what went through my mind. And yet, they loved those kids. He loved his dad. And so we have to be careful with these things. To love and be a Christ follower, we need to do just like Peter did. And we need to fellowship with Jesus. We need to believe that Jesus Christ gave his life on, on this cross for us so that we can receive salvation with God. And when we accept that, when that's in our heart and we're baptized in this watery grave of baptism, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And it's an amazing thing that happens during all of, all of this. So when God looks at us, when he looks down at us, and we have done these things, when we love Jesus Christ with all our heart, soul, and mind, God looks down on us and he doesn't see us. He sees Jesus Christ. And this is what love and process is. But I just beg of you today, don't leave this building today. If you feel that I've preached and you feel guilty about what's going on in your life, don't leave this building today feeling that guilt. Let me know about it. Let me help. Let us pray for you and work with you and, and love on you. Twyla and I, when we moved up here, sat right over here. We were on the west side. And I tell you what, it was so irritating to have Jimmy preach about my life day in and day out, about the things that were going on in my life, the lack of faith it felt like, the lack of love, the lack of trust. And, and we just sit over here and we would cry every Sunday through sermon after sermon after sermon. But you guys loved on us and brought us back. I spent about two years in a state of depression. That was one of the worst times of my life. And my loving wife made me come to this church. She put a guilt trip on me like you wouldn't believe to get me to walk through these doors. And it worked most of the time, but there was plenty of times where I just said, I don't want to go. I didn't want to sing. If you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. I've got the joy, joy, joy down in my heart. I didn't. I was sick. I was in darkness. 
I needed the light, and when I got in the light, I covered my eyes and I cried, it hurts, it hurts, I don't want it. And that went on for two years at least. And I know I was a big bucket of water on a lot of people's fires. <laughs> I was just, it was like I'd come into a room and I could suck all the energy out of it and kill it right there. It was like it was just over. But for two years, you guys prayed for me. And you put your arms around me. And you said, it'll get better. And it did. God healed me of that. And it's because you guys loved on me. And so when, when you feel the struggle with love and say, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Let those of us who have this love and are ready to go with this love, let us put our arms around you and say we love you and we care for you and you're important and God loves you. And we can do this time after time after time after time. And it makes a difference. It starts letting that light come on. And so with that, let's just, if you need the prayers of this church, if you need to, to learn more about love, just come, come on down. And let's, we're going to sing a song, and, and we're going to pray for you guys. There will be plenty of people around to do some praying. And so let's stand and sing. Rise as we wait.